Blog Talk Radio. From Studio 111 by Radio Saigon, and simulcast across the country by Lockhart Radio Layer, bplus360.com. This is Fanatic Radio. We're the Millennial Show. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, joining the always notorious Ben Florence. It's that time of year, and we're back. Let's go, because so much. No, not like a concert series, but you know we mixed it up, and uh, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I think that's the first thing to acknowledge. Again, man. So yeah, where do we begin? I'm Mike Garner. Ben Florence is with us as well. It's been about, I, say, not, I think it's been like about a, month, about a month, two or three weeks. Um, and yeah, so yeah, we are the Millennial Show. We do talk about sports, but there is just other stories that have happened. There have been there have been some great because normally we would you know if it was if we you had know, followed the uh, the beaten path, we'd go up in further depth about Kevin Durant being. Or when he's going to come back? The Milwaukee looking like one of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, the playoffs. But there have been so many easier stories in the sports world that that really have nothing to do with. Uh, I mean, first of all, we missed for the past several weeks. Um, but but I guess for, um, for all of us, we we definitely have to, as a. As uh, I, uh, the quote, I love Lucy. We got some, we got some explaining to do. Now, <laughs> our stories, will, our space, our stories will be um, peppered in throughout the show, m- mainly mine because we. So normally, how we intend to do this, fans, is we, we normally take the show on a Thursday. We, we go to the masses. Unfortunately, uh, I've had several, several of the past three Thursdays have been, and no easier way to put it, absolute drunk fest. And there are details and there are stories. And we'll get to those. We'll get to those later. But first thing, and I want to address this, it, even though it is old news, it is still news. Um, and it's you on television interviewing. Uh, um, oh, jeez. Congresswoman, Congresswoman Iman, is that is that am I saying her name right? Uh, Omar. And you said Ilhan Omar. Yes, Congresswoman Omar. And you said, "Save this for FR." There is a great story behind this, and fans have been chomping at the bit to know. First of all, how you got managed to get on television? What was said, and what has been the uh, the impact since then? Well, there really hasn't been a lot of impact since then. It's it's not like I've become like this massive TV star because even even an operation as rinky dink and goofball as Fox News Channel, where I of course work, 
even they have standards, so it's not like they're going to, you, you know, the folks at home are going to start seeing more of me on air, at least not intentionally. Like, it may be like, oh, hey, that's Ben Florence in the background. Get the hell out of the shot. What is he doing there? Put this, can he put his pants back on? You know, stuff like that. And that happens, you know, in a working newsroom setting, when you're in the field, as we all know. So what happened was I, I spent the day, I only spent like a half a day on the hill. There wasn't a lot going on. But they need, wanted an extra hand on the hill, and our producer, one of our Capitol Hill producers, said, all right, we're going to go stake out. You're going to go stake out uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, who had been in uh, the news, again, for some controversial remarks regarding uh, the situation in Venezuela. And, of course, Fox had been chomping all over the bit. So the backstory as to how I ended up on television is that the last couple of times we've tried to stake her out, we, you know, is usually we have to, like, chase her out of an elevator or chase her into an elevator, yelling questions at her. She'll usually blow us off or it'll be like, oh, no, you're not asking me that or something like that, which has happened before and has led to, unfortunately, colleagues of mine getting dragged on Twitter uh, on uh, more uh, liberal uh, so- uh, media sources, which is fine. God bless them. So that was kind of what we were fearing here. So I go up outside of her office. It actually, and this is fascinating. I interned on the Hill back in uh, j- junior year when you and I were living in Nebraska in the fall. And I entered for a congressman and from Florida. He was no longer in Congress. And when this uh, congresswoman Omar works out of the same exact office in the same uh, uh, house office building. So they go up there, we're in the hallway, and so we're just kind of hanging out, me and a photographer, a good guy, and one of her comms guys comes out and was like, oh, are you looking for, like, an interview with Dr. Obama? And I was like, yeah, we're just looking to ask her a question. We're with Fox. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, great. Uh, Can you give me your card? Uh, I'll give you mine. And I always forget to bring my business card. That's why I never give them out. I always forget. But so I took guy's card, and so we were just waiting. And so that's what I think was to tell. They knew we were there. So then she comes out, Mm. and this is why the producer said to me and to our photographer that I need to be on camera. They need to keep me in the shot because we just assumed that she was going to be running away and trying to avoid it. What ended up happening was not that. She came right out. I asked her, hey, do you have time for a quick question? She's like, sure, what do you got? So I asked her, you know, I think they also kind of wanted me to ask like a really hyperbolic question. It's like, why are you why are you supporting socialists or some kind of bullshit? Which I'm like, that's going to get me dragged everywhere, and I don't really want to do that because that's yeah. not going to get like any sort of an answer. So I ask her a very qu- simple question about like you know what what is our role in Venezuela? To be clarify your comments. She gave a perfectly reasonable, I thought, answer, and then that got that got used. It wasn't live. So we fed it back, and then that got used and in a variety of places. Fox Business Network first, and then a few times on Fox News Channel, so my phone kept blowing up. It's like, whoa, were you on TV? Hey. What the hell? So, yeah, that is how I ended up on television. It was not – I did not wake up that day expecting to be on television, but there I was. You never do. So the thing I want to know is, You've you've been down in the you've been down in those chambers in those office buildings a lot. Um, 
we've 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 experienced in the sports world where athletes are some of them are very approachable, very easy. Some of them are complete asses and very hard to track down. Knowing the the massive popularity of senators and 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 and, and congressmen, is it is it a similar thing or because they're not? Dare I say it, entertainers? It's it's there. You you have to kind of treat them a little differently. Well, it's one of those things to where, and and here's the the tricky thing usually with like a lot of athletes. Usually you're interviewing these guys, usually naked or barely clothed. They just got out of the showers, they're in the locker room, it's jam-packed. And so that is kind of awkward. Exactly. So that's a little awkward. Here now, some members are very approachable, love to talk to the press, a lot of members of Congress, uh, members of the House, members of the Senate. Some are less approachable, but we generally know – ways to access them. It's like, let's say we're on the Senate side. We know there's a kind of like a stakeout position that's near the subway because there's a little subway car system to go to the Capitol, to the Senate, cha- to the Senate mm. chamber to for votes. Yeah. So it's an easy place to get sound. You know, we can't shoot video everywhere. It's not like we can go anywhere and shoot anywhere. We can talk to members basically in a, in a lot of spots. Not necessarily everywhere. We can't, like, go onto the chamber or into the chamber or the house chamber or what have you. But there's a lot of places we can shoot. There's a lot of places we can talk to them. And a lot of them are approachable, and they're really, you know, shrewd and savvy with the media. Some are not like that. And some eventually evolve over time. Sometimes you have some new members of Congress. They don't really want to talk to They don't want to make a lot of headway. But other times they, you know, they're very approachable because I think a lot of people realize the the value of the media being able to get your message out. And especially because all of us, whether it's Fox, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, we're all looking for, you know, we're all looking for, you know, anything we could use. And there's some days where there's not a lot of stuff going on on the Hill. We're working on other stories and we're just trying to find sound on just about anything, but I would exactly. It's a little different because what's nice about uh, uh, politicians is that we pay their salary, so they kind of almost are. They don't like obliged to talk to us, but it's generally one of those things to where they generally have to speak to the media at some point, and it's a little different than them actually being interviewed on TV. But it's uh, it's it's a it's a pretty interesting experience, I'll say the least. It's not like interviewing some naked guy in a in an NFL locker room. Thankfully. Well, yeah, and, and I, I'm assuming because I've never done it with the Congress or the Senators, but I would assume that there are no sort of Marshawn Lynches of the political world where those pe- there's, there's certain people that, that don't want to do it just out of spite of the man because at the end of the day they are elected officials apart from paid athletes with a contract. Yeah, exactly. And even a lot of people that love to bash the media and bash, you know, and a lot of the times this is, you know, fair foul. Get a lot of this on the Republican side where, you know, the media is biased and this and that, but they still talk. A lot of them still love to talk. We don't get, I mean, there are some people that just don't like to talk and there's some people that aren't particularly good talkers and sometimes they don't always talk, but it's one of those things to where generally we can find people to talk on just about anything. 
And I've never really noticed anybody like a Marshawn Lynch where they're like only giving like a two word answer. And then you have some goofball yeah. like Deion Sanders trying to corner him down and where he's like, oh, I'm just about that acting boss, <laughs> like that iconic <laughs> media day moment we all remember. And we also hate Deion Sanders, yeah. so thumbs down to him, of course. But that's kind of, you know, <laughs> we really don't have a lot of that, fortunately. Which is a good thing because we do not need Marshawn Lynch's in Congress. That's fantastic. <laughs> I you got you that picture. I loved it. Um, just just because when you interviewed her, she's been in the news a lot in the last several weeks. So it's just like how ironic that first of all there wasn't like a massive scrum around you, and then the way you told the story, it was it seems fairly easy to be able to talk to her. Um, as mentioned, this, this, this story is not sports-related stories. We managed to tie it in. I will give uh, story one of my three of why we were off air the past few weeks. <laughs> um, three Thursdays, three Thursdays ago. So, how? So, so at my at, at the work for at the workforce, there has been a I, I wouldn't say a slow changing of the guard, but it's it's gotten to the point now where the uh, the demogra- the demographic um, by age is is very favored to under thirty. I'll just say that the majority of our company now is um, is younger. It's thirty and it's thirty and or they're twenty nine and younger. They're not even thirty year olds. So naturally, we um, we were you know we, we I always I always say we go by the phrase we work hard we play hard and we absolutely do that. Um, apparently Thursday the past couple of Thursdays have been just uh, you know, the days because two th- three Thursdays ago. There was a that was it. There was a bar so there's a bar in Watkins called the Marina. Right on the lake, right by the docks, right by the boat flips. And so it was their opening day. That's kind of the thing around here. When the uh, when it gets to a certain you know, time of month, usually in April or May, it becomes um opening day for a lot of these bars. So we went. We went because shout out to the mayor, Chris Dwayne. Uh, he used to work there. He knows the, the guys that work behind the bar. So, of course, we went. And what's great is there is a, a group. So, back – so, when I first started, there was the sort of fun – the sort of fun people in the office were the uh, – like, like I used to call – I used to call the group my, uh, uh, my second moms. So, what it was is there's three – there was three ladies – that were um, all all in their all in their early forties, all divorcees, all with kids, and so my running joke with them is, you know, because they're the only mothers in the office, they're like my second mom. Now, one the the one the great the the the, the, the immortal CLB, she left she left gave her two weeks uh, about a month ago, about around this time, so she was gone, and then. And then we have then we have Dez who um, start you know I w- I'm not gonna say her and I have a history but uh, she did try to put the moves on me once at at uh, at Uh-oh. Ice Bar back in January so it, we almost had we almost had a, we almost had a, the graduate moment and then there's and then there's Tina Latina who is uh, who it's just uh, yeah that's and she's um, 
I'm, I just, I'm a mess on our own. But anyway, those three used to sort of be like the fun, outgoing people. And now, CLB's gone. Des has a, Des has a 13-year-old son, I believe. Well, I don't know, a teenage son. Um, and then Tina's never around anyway because uh, she has she has a daughter, I think, in high school or in, around that same age, teenage, teenage years. So now what uh what has slowly happened is the weather has gotten nicer and and things have and things have shifted in the company uh the uh the group that I like to dub the new school has taken over where uh I guess I'm I'm part of it and that's and that's another problem so this is another problem so we know we all know that Mike Gardner is forever you know finding love in a hopeless place right yes so <laughs> Because you, you know, you know, you know very well my uh, my my history of of love life in in this world. Of course. Um, which is great because I am currently. Um, well, yes, you know, so yeah, so so the misses will the misses will appear several times in these stories. Um, which is great, but. I but at, at one point I was the only single guy in the office. I think you know I think to this day I could well be the only single guy in this office. Every man that works at, that works in where I work is either married, wifed up, or hit, or like you know living with their girlfriend. And then there's me, and so so the news so so us as the new school, it is myself and then like three. Two to three to four single, uh, two to three to four girls that are younger than me that all like to drink, that all like to party, and that all make me feel very old at times. <laughs> because, um, as I mentioned on this show, the the great the great Nat Costello once left me, you know speechless after dropping one of the best jokes that I could not come back from. Um, that joke, that, that running joke that I am closer to 30 than she is to 21 is still forever just the butt of all jokes. So basically, last, so three, a couple Thursdays ago, we go to the marina. Uh, and then the thing with them is, you know, I'm 27 years old. Um, I, do I still have the heart of a champion? Absolutely. Do I still, you know, do I still got it? With uh, you know, with 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 the drink with the drinking class and uh, and my ability to to go out and party, you bet. The problem is, <laughs> the problem is, um, I it's not that I've hit it's not that I've hit old age, but there are nights <laughs> that I hang out with these clowns, and by God, I am so exhausted. I'm so Hired. So great example. Three thirds. Before we get back to sports, great example. Three thirds. A couple Thursdays ago, we're at the marina, several drinks. Only because the marina is great because they have Dos Equis on tap, which anything, any Mexican beer that I can get my hands on away from Texas is a plus because it's like the lost gold of Atlantis. And so, several. So I, I will. I will say there is there is a, one of my coworkers. Her name is Becky. Well, I'd call her Becky with good hair. She is the the most rambunctious, like, 
crazy ass wild child I've ever met, who gives basically who gives zero fucks about anything, and has more confidence than the man on the moon. And her thing was she uh, was from she's from two hours outside the city. She used to work at Talladega. So she's forever like yeah. in this perpetual party state. So we are, we finished we finished sort of happy hour at the marina. I'm getting ready to go home. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, we're going out after. And I was like, All right, I'll go to the next place and that's it. Um so there's a barbecue place in Watkins Glen called Nichols, which is very good. Downside with the only problem with that is it serves craft beer. And you know, you and your boy hates your boy loves craft beer. But it's very filling, um, and it's not a good beer to drink if you're going to prepare to drink a lot for the rest of the night. So we go there. Couple, we go there, a couple brews, and then after, um, one, of, one of our seasonal employees, Maylene, she's from Puerto, she's from Puerto Rico and, 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 lives, and lives like a couple blocks away from me, actually, with, with a guy who is – her boyfriend, but not really her boyfriend. But that's another story in itself. And she was like, her and Becky were like, what other places are there? And so I'm rattling off the places. Um, but then we we stumble on a place called Landon's. Now, Landon's is, again, a couple, two blocks, a couple blocks away from my house. Um, every every bar in Watkins Gun is a dive bar, by the way, which she loves. Being, being the, uh, the, 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 the like st- the farm farm town New York Alabama slash Alabama girl loves the the dive bars. So we go and of course my experience with Landon's has been bad. Long story short, it's places where a guy asked for my ID on the dance floor, and a girl licked my face once because she was super drunk. Complete stranger, I didn't know her. But those are, those, those are, of course, I'm like I was like oh for for a while I was like over oh, three over oh, two over oh, three at this place. We go in there it's karaoke night on a Thursday, and I do have videos yes. on my phone, and it was absolutely fantastic because it produced a night of absolute debauchery, several great Snapchats, several hilarious videos on my phone, and one great epic drunk picture of all four of us. Which I am legally obliged to not threaten to blackmail. So we'll see how that goes. Um, it's also the location of probably one of my best drunk laughs I've ever had in my life. But, but needless to say, that was Thursday. We were I think we were out till like two in the morning, and it was and it was rough. But it was great for me because I live in Walking, so I'm literally a block away from my house. It was the other two moronic. That was that was actually when the night got worse. That worse, <laughs> like just absolutely off the rails. Oh, Karaoke. We shut the bar down. It's like two in the morning. Um, the missus and Becky got to sober up because they got like a thirty-minute drive back to their place. Their, you know, the, the places where they live. So they come. They come back to my place. Now I'm tired. I'm, I'm like exhausted again. Being being. Three to four years older than them. <laughs> I I had a lot oh, I had a lot of mileage. The tires got a lot of mileage on the tread. And <laughs> what's great was I like you know all of a sudden you know, they're like they're like watching they're like watching TV messing around with my messing around with the fire stick. 
and one of them notices I have Grand Theft Auto on Xbox. And, they, and then she was like, oh, that game's my shit. I want to play it. And I was like, okay. So here I am at like 2 in the morning. Not like 1 o'clock. Like 1, one in the morning. Cooking, cooking Hot Pockets in the oven while two drunk girls are playing Grand Theft Auto on my couch uh, and on my Xbox. Uh, and, of course, they they finally leave. They finally somewhat sober up. They apparently were driving it down. They, they went down. They tried to go a back way. Had to take a forty five minute detour. Didn't get back to didn't get back to one of their places at like three. So the next day they were like on three hours of sleep, like four hours of sleep. It was absolutely hilarious. So then I wake up the next morning completely hungover. and my living room is a mess. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. What the work the hell happened? I worked with a bunch of pack rats and savages. Cause they say they say girls are tidier than guys. Now there's there's like crumbs on the floor and pillows thrown everywhere. I was surprised my couch wasn't on fire. Uh, but that was so that was one uh, that was one of the uh, the great epic Thursdays that you'll hear all throughout the show. We'll take a break. We will talk more sports and fan mail. Uh, because there are, there were some hilarious storylines, some interesting storylines, but um, stay with us. You're listening to Fanatic Radio, BlockTechRadio.com. Fanatic Radio. Ah, there's the tingle. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Block Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ben Florence from Fanatic Radio here for Clint Texas Salsa. Best stuff around. Get the hot player for a good kick. Next time you're in the salsa aisle at your local grocery store, pick Clint Texas Salsa and tell them Flo sent you. Fanatic Radio. I don't give a damn about no damn Drake Knight. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. By going to Ben Florence, you're Fanatic Radio, the Millennial Show. Courtesy of the beverage tonight, Corona Light, because the weather is actually yes. nice outside and... It has not rained in consecutive days for the first time in like four. That's actually another thing. So the reason, another weird thing, why we all, why we got way out on Thursday, that like string of Thursday Thursdays, was some, you know, some. So one girl had to go to a wedding, so she was out on Friday. Another had to go to Talladega, so she was gone. Um, and then it, it proceeded to rain. Like four weeks in a four Fridays in a row is absolutely disgusting. Um, but stories two and three will follow later. Listen to, to my one of three drunk stories. It consists of karaoke and hot pockets, and uh, and Flo's story of going viral for a hot second. Um, but I, I, we have to do, we have to do justice to talk about sports. Why not? Quick and so. We have the fan mail. The inbox is very full, but we we managed to catch up just. Uh, but the good the good the good fans want to know who looks like the better team in the NBA playoffs: the Milwaukee Bucks or the defending champ Golden State Warriors. Well, I I th- you know I think the Bucks look really good. They look very strong, especially closing out against Boston. Uh, and you know even though Toronto led for a good chunk of Game One. Uh, the fact ultimately Milwaukee powered through, got the win at the end. 
But I think it's got to be the Golden State Warriors. You know, I thought and I picked Houston in the uh, the set Western Conference semifinal matchup. Uh, I really thought that uh, this was Houston's year. I was completely wrong, and the Warriors look very strong. They go to Houston. Houston then gets those next two, and then Golden State wins game five, and then they take game six even though they're without Kevin Durant, which even though Kevin Durant is the star of the team right now, uh, really they didn't look – they didn't show any impact really much at all. And I think, you know, they're the heavy favorites against Portland. And they look very strong in the first two games. So I think it's got to be Golden State. And even though a Golden State-Milwaukee matchup will be very fun in the NBA Finals should we get that, I think uh, clearly the Golden State Warriors are the favorite to win it out this year at this point. And probably sweep Portland and likely take care of business against Milwaukee. It would also be great because the two one again once again the two one seeds are back in the finals, showing that if you get the one seed in sports you will be a champion, or go to the finals or go to the championship game. I think I think in terms impressive impressive it has to be Milwaukee because I never thought in a million years that this team would actually be good, but they have a surprisingly cohesive unit that that you know dominated the Celtics, which I, I was mm. surprised. Greek Freak looks great. You know, my bulldozer, um, the bulldozer, has managed to corral a, a me- um, on paper a mediocre team and turn them to you know sixty plus win se- you know, win season. Just all it's the key in basketball. If you just have solid role players with discipline, you are very you are a very good team. Um, that being said, I think it's impressive that the Warriors can still win games without Kevin Durant. Um, I'm not surprised because they've won games without him. Steve, uh, Steve Kerr is the man, always and will be. The way he, the way he quoted Jurgen Klopp after beating Houston, saying they were, quote, fucking giants, and he apologized to his mom, makes him even more my favorite person of all time. So I think the Bucks have looked better, but, you know, you can't count. You know, Dub Nation is firing on all cylinders. Steph Curry's scoring like 37. Kevin Durant went on that like 40 po- average point average tear. And then Steph Curry now is averaging like 35 points the last few games. So they – and then you have Andre Iguodala, who's looking like 2015 Andre Iguodala. So it, 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 it basically makes me happy that good basketball still reigns in this world opposed to Houston, who looked like absolute clowns, jacking up like 73s. So, yeah, it's that's been bad. Um, this is a fan mail from a few, this is a fan mail from a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, which we love. We love controversy. The fans want to know, Flo, what were your thoughts on, now that the Preakness is this weekend, what were your thoughts on the Kentucky Derby fiasco? Well, I think ultimately... I do think they made the right call. There definitely was an illegal block. Uh, Again, I love that it basically turned into NASCAR. We're talking about blocking and holding guys (laughs) off. I mean, you know, literally Eric Jones uh, last weekend at Kansas pulled the same move on, uh, gosh, who was it? And uh, somebody's coming in high. Clint Boyer. Yeah, it was Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer had his hometown track. 
uh, was very much not happy about it. But I think they made the right call. It's it's it was crazy though because everybody thought you know the race was over. This has never happened before, and and you know you get the the people say oh replay is bad this and that like the, the horse that ultimately won I for, I forget the name, you know made an illegal move, and you know if you want to argue that the horse that eventually did win uh, the Kentucky Derby wasn't going to win. If that move hadn't happened, it, it, they're really the other horse was penalizing. I mean, there's no way to really truly predict that. So I think ultimately, you know, you hate to be on the side of the authority and the man, but ultimately, I do think, yeah. even though it was completely out of control, and it's just amazing how that's the beauty of horse race. We have all this buildup, all this pregame coverage for two minutes, and then we had, you know, how many, what, 15, 20 minutes of just review and just controversy and yeah. just craziness? That was wild. I know, right? I, it's funny. So funny about that is I missed all of it because I was coming back. It was Saturday. So we were coming. My, my aunt and uncle and I, I was in mid-Ohio for that weekend for the IMSA race. And we were coming back from the track. Um, Saturday afternoon, and my aunt thought it'd be a great idea to sell. Thought it'd be a good idea to have Cinco de Mayo Saturday, knowing that the actual Cinco de Mayo was Sunday and be an absolute madhouse. But now knowing that it's the week, even if it's Cinco de Mayo weekend, the world still proceeds to get drunk. Uh, so we listen. So we listen to the Derby on SiriusXM, which is fantastic. You know, hilarious thing to listen. It's like listening to golf on the radio. It makes no sense. And so we got to the restaurant, sat down, proceeded to have our dinner. Didn't think anything of it. Where we were sitting, no, nowhere close to TVs because we weren't that close to the bar. So we we carried we carried on, and then that was it. Um, we thought we thought uh, maximum security had won, and then of course. We get home later that day. First of all, I get, I get a text from you, actually. And I immediately go to the bathroom to go find a television. And, of course, everyone, all these people are standing around. No one has any idea what they're doing. They're, like, exchange, they're taking, like, a rosary off of this horse. And I'm like, what is going on? Guy next to me goes, oh, yeah, they just qualify. They're reviewing the potential to disqualify the winner. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is too good to be true because it's great that in the hundred and whatever year history of the Kentucky Derby, it's only happened twice that a horse got disqualified. I don't know. I think horse. I mean, I think horse racing stupid anyway. It's just a, my thing is, and and, and I, I want the, the fans' opinion, anyone's opinions on this. In in today's society, where certain people have very short attention spans and don't care about certain things and hate tradition because of racism or the past or whatever, why, how, how and why is the Kentucky Derby still this great event? Are you asking me that? Do you have any? <laughs> yeah, or just anyone. Like, do you have theories? Because it's, it's, apparently ratings were up. For the first time in a long time, even though even though it's getting even though NBC is proceeding to drag it out forever, Ugh. show show it and run the race at like 
seven o'clock at night. Um, but yet, why is how come this race is still just astronomically popular? Well, I just think that a like arguably more so than a lot of sports, horse racing is so unpredictable. It still always mm. has this prestige around it. There's always a prestige, like you know, the Masters has a prestige and. Right. Uh, you know, the triple crown races, but obviously the Kentucky Derby is a huge one because, you know, this, the ratings for the Preakness are likely going to be awful because you don't have any chance for a triple crown. Uh, the, the, all the horses like basically involved in the controversy are not running. So you really have yeah. no storylines to go off of, which is fabulous. But I mean, so uh, but I think it's just, you know, still horse racing, you know, it's just been a, you know, a big, uh, a popular sport for so long. And I think that in so many people's minds, you know, this, uh, the sport and, uh, certainly the Derby carries such prestige and not just for the good folks of Louisville who have the whole, uh, Derby days and all the riffraff, but really for a lot of people across the country. You know, I think it is is because I, I was talking to my aunt about that, and we were we were, we were we're equating different events such as like you said, the Masters, the Kentucky Derby, um, coming up next weekend or in two weekends, the Indianapolis 500 in terms of motorsports. The key the key to good events and timeless events, you have to have history behind it. Because I was saying, you know. Someone could not. Someone could not just start the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. It's because it's a hundred years. Um, but then you bring up a good point where it's it's a prestigious event that still manages to keep that prestige, but then add this sort of hooligan drunk fest to it. And I think if any event does, if any event does that, keeps. Core keeps their core value and then just has an absolute shit show on the side. It's going to be a great event because it appeals to so many people. Why do we love the Masters? We love the green jacket. We love the you know, the piano theme at the beginning, Augusta. But then we also love, you know, the frat style of it where you can just shotgun a beer's tiger tees off on the 17th tee. Uh, Kentucky Derby is the same way. You know, horse racing is so bougie yet. You have people getting drunk and drinking mint, drinking mint juleps. Indianapolis is the same. It, it's, it's probably the more proper of all the, the races in the country. And yet Indianapolis North Speedway has a snake pit where people are like, you know, ODing on Molly and as the race is going on. Uh, I, look, I look at NASCAR and that's what they failed to do because there is no, there's no prestige in NASCAR. It's all rednecks and partiers. And that's, that's like why you know, that that's that's just all there. There's no other element to um, to branch out. But I thought about that. I was like, what is it? I was because like, we don't care about horse racing, unless you're an aficionado. No one no one cares or understands it, except one time a year. And so that's where I think uh, a lot of things have missed the boat. Why do we love this? Because I think it's it's the one it's the one time thing which we love the most. Because why do we love the Super Bowl so much? Because it happens once a year. 
Yeah. Because an NFL, an NFL season is short and immediate. And then Super Bowl hits, and then there's no football game until Labor Day. Horse racing is the same. Kentucky Derby, triple triple crown. It's a month, and then no one knows cares about anything until May of next year. Uh, much much like with the, the IndyCar series deals with the Indianapolis 500. As soon as that's over, no one really cares about racing for the rest of the year. NASCAR, on the other hand, 36 races, people get bored and tired because they don't want to watch, you know, Pocono or or Dover. But, yeah, I thought the Kentucky Derby was hilarious, the fact that it all happened. It's, it's such a 2019 thing, by the way, which I I love. How, I also love how the president got involved and tweeted about it. Um, oh, jeez. Which, which you know where we stand in this world when he's commenting on the, the, the PC police. For the Kentucky Derby, so that was great. That was just funny. It's just like he's giving Tiger the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He's bashing the the judges of the Kentucky Derby. Um, yeah. What 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 other what other sporting events happened? Well, we had the uh, we had just last week the NBA draft lottery, the Zion Williamson mm. bet. Which then ended up uh, with a result that nobody really expected, and a lot of people didn't really want. And there's not a sexy storyline with the New Orleans Pelicans winning the first pitch and the right yeah. to select the young Duke prodigy. What, 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 what do we what do we make of that? Do uh, does this Anthony Davis stay in New Orleans? Uh, because they have the number one pick to get Zion Williamson. I doubt it. And I don't think it's the right thing for either the Pelicans or for Davis. I think the best move, if they could, swing Anthony Davis to the Knicks uh, for that mm. third pick so they can take R.J. Barrett, so you have the two Duke guys, and kind of rebuild that way. Because when you have Davis, you're trying to win now. But this team, even if you add Zion Williamson, they're not – you know they're not a strong playoff contender. They could probably they'll be a playoff team, and all probably depending on how they should build around them. But then they're kind of limited once you give a Davis any sort of deal. And I don't think that Davis all of a sudden is going to be like, oh, I want to stay after all. So I think yeah. ultimately Davis will be gone, and I think it's the right thing for both sides because then he can jump right to a contender, and then uh, New Orleans can kind of do a rebuild, even though it's going to be almost like a reload because you get Zion. But it's the storyline. You know, it's, it was crazy. We were. I was watching the lottery. I was just watching uh, the Ringer Lottery Show with uh, Ryan Russillo and, of course, Bill Simmons. And we're watching it, and Bill Simmons completely loses track of what's going on, which was great. And then we saw the Lakers jump into the top four, which was completely unexpected, and it led to a complete and utter panic of like, all right, so the Lakers are a complete disaster. They've had this chaotic off season the coaching search and magic leaving and all this jazz. So that are they really going to get rewarded? Uh, controversy otherwise with Zion Williamson. And then you also have the Knicks in the mix. Now, ultimately uh, the Knicks did not get it, which that was really a big storyline because, you know, the Knicks are going to get guys this off season. It just depends on who, because they have the money and they, they just need to sign the guys as we all know. Yeah. But, that would have been a huge storyline. Uh, and a guy like for myself who hates the Knicks, 
I love the Knicks' misery. Although I would have still would have preferred Zion going to the Knicks than to the Lakers because that would have been a complete other disgrace, and they should have shut down the league. Bill Simmons said if that happened, yeah. he would have <laughs> shut down his website. Um, so, but then it just became a team that was like everyone was like, all right, the Pelicans, except for New Orleans fans, everyone was like, eh. But it it was it was an it was an odd affair, and that's and that's what I think is pre- is the proper way to describe. This year's NBA draft lottery. I was going to say, where does the NBA go from here now? Because a rando team in Louisiana has one of the most coveted athletes in the last decade. Does New Orleans become better, or is Zion going to be one of those guys that's trapped forever on a bad team and left to sort of suffer from his, from from their own demise? You know, you hate to you would hate to see that because. Zion, I think, is has if, if you know, praying to the Lord that he stays healthy, has the potential to become an all-time great and certainly a very fun at NBA player right from the get-go, based on the way he plays. Uh, you would hate right. to see that, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they build around him. Do they do they want to try to keep Anthony Davis? Do they trade him, try to get some assets back, try to do like a quick little rebuild. Uh, uh, try get another high pick, uh, see if they can get something for Davis in, in, at the top of this draft. Uh, again, a lot of storylines about the Knicks potentially. That third pick, uh, trading for the rights to R.J. Barrett, which would be fascinating. But you hate to see, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, he's blossomed and become a star. And then they never really be, were much of a contender. And then, they, you know, they got Cousins, and then he got hurt, but then they got into the playoffs, and so they kind of were hanging around. But then it wasn't for not, and then it's gotten so ugly where Davis was like, I'm not going to play anymore, and everyone's like, what? And then you had the whole Lakers trade fiasco. Uh, so yeah. it's just been a complete another disaster. Um, and so, and that's the thing that can happen. Even if you sign, like, iconic guys, like, look at LeBron with the Cavs in the first run. They never put an adequate mm. team around him. And ultimately, they um, – you know, they made that finals, but then it got kind of weird at the end, and then he left. And then Cleveland was just atrocious. <laughs> then a lot of uh, the balls fell their way. Um, but, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll, we shall see what happens. It's, but it's just, it's, just, it's just one of those things where it's like New Orleans, what? They had a 6% chance? Ugh, you know, it's just an eh. Well, let's not forget that Cleveland Cavaliers team. They went from worst to first in like a hot second. Exactly. You know, uh, and that that would have been like also outrageous. Let's say if the Cavs had won the, the lottery, and they get rewarded again with another star, uh, likely star, someone overall pick. But, yeah, you mentioned that Cavs team. Absolutely. You know, they were, even with LeBron, they were like, you know, barely able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it was it was just you know very odd, and they never got the right guys in there, and they ne- can never find the right mix, and then that ultimately hurt them, and then eventually things paid off when everything got weird, um, and then he came back. Oh, yeah, and now he's with the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. He came back. He came back, and they were a good team. Because let's not forget the Cavaliers team was was awful, but in, in their in their defense, which is why I'm mad that the Pelicans are gonna get 
Zion is they're in the West. And it's already a loaded West with, you know, the defending champ, Portland, who's, who's all of a sudden you know, they've been waiting in the wings to be a, a stud team. Mind you, is the three seed in the conference finals. You have the Rockets, whoever knows what they're going to do. Um, the Denver Nuggets, who are a game and a bad fourth quarter away from making the conference finals. So you have so many teams in the Western Con- – and LeBron's out there, by the way. And they have Zion, and it's like they're not going to win. He's not going to be at the – you know, I don't think he's going to be at the Pelicans that long, or he's going to be the butt of of another giant blockbuster trade, even though he's a great athlete. It makes me mad that the draft had to do, had to, had to do it this way. But um, just in the first of all, I've never. Been, have you ever been to New Orleans? I've never been to New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. I'd love to go, but I've never been. Maybe we'll have to go. Maybe we'll have to go now. We got. Yeah, we got. We gotta go now because because the prop the prodigal son is there. Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, he's a great player. I've watched him play. I saw him live. But you know, I needless to say, I, I saw him live. He didn't play, but he was still there. Um, I watched. Oh, I pretty much all watched a good chunk of games this year. And he tore he tore the ACC up like wet tissue paper, like a freight train. Um, I mean, it's gonna be great watching him play on a in a, in a nightly basis. What makes me mad is I don't live in Dallas anymore. And lo and behold, who is in Dallas's division? Oklahoma City Thunder. I am missing Prime Zion. But I don't know. I think the sad thing now is he was fantastic in college basketball. Um, set the nation alight. I think mainly because he played with Duke, played with such a prestigious program. And if he was like a warning guy, like, Indiana, no one would really care. But now he goes to the NBA, and I've learned to hate players that are one and done because they're absolute garbage. You know, John Wall is forever hurt, and look how he's gotten. Um, you know, and everyone focuses on, like, Trey Young, and I'm like, I don't care about following <laughs> the stupid rookies that are going to be, that are going to fizzle out and be nobodies four years, because that's what it is. You know, look at Robin Lopez. Look at Brooke Lopez on the Bucks. He was a, either a one and done or he went two years, and he was nothing, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's been in the league for like 12 years. Right. And you're like, Jesus. Like, like and, and now he's like back, and I'm like, where has he been? It's like, forget how good he is now. Where the hell has he been for the last decade? They said today Kevin Durant has been in the NBA for 10 years. That is almost half my life. That man has been a professional. I feel like Kevin Durant is, like, in his 50s, and yet he's not even, like, 35. So now in, in today's basketball, I don't know. I mean, hopefully they, I mean, if they say the one and done is going to end soon. And kids are actually getting smarter now and staying extra years. You know, shout out to T.J. Washington. Shout out to Trey Jones. T.J. Washington stayed a second year. But Trey Jones, he uh, he's staying a second year at Duke because he's smart. He's not an idiot. 
But I don't know. It's just like, you know, they're good. There are good teams. It's like the NFL. There are good teams you watch. I don't turn on the television to watch Cincinnati Bengals. I don't turn on television to watch the Detroit Lions. I want to watch the right. Lakers. And I do the same. And I do the same in basketball, especially this year. I will watch Golden State. I will watch the Raptors. I will watch the Nuggets. I will watch uh, Oklahoma City because Russell Westbrook's one of the most electrifying players in the league. Watch the Rockets. Watch the Celtics. I'm not turning it on to watch the Magic. I'm not going to watch the Pelicans. I don't care. Zion is dead. We announced. We have. We have, We love the kid to death. But we announced it on the show. He is done. Um. Yeah, other 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 other, other sports stories. Um, have we talked? Your your the fans are on no flow. Your Yankees, they're back in the news. Uh, they have been the past couple of weeks. Is any concern that half the team is on the? Have any concern that half the team is on the DL? Well, yes, in terms of long term expectations, it's not great to have you know a team just so riddled with injuries. But what I think has been impressive about this team, they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays right now, and the Yankees have been in the mix all season long. They're only, as of right now, a half game out of first place, and they could be in first place by the end of the night if they take out Tampa Bay, who they were playing at home. Um, And Tampa Uh Bay's been really solid all year, strong pitching and a really good road team. But the Yankees, even with all the injuries, and now if the Red Sox after just a horrendous start, uh, they got hot, and now they're in the mix uh, in the division. They're only about four back, and we're still in May. But I think if you're a Yankees fan, you really wanted them to kind of hold the line during the stretch where you have all these guys hurt. They've been able to do that. So I think with a less than ideal situation, it's not bad what what has gone on. Well, it's, impre- it's impressive. You know, and my thing is, the team's a slow start. Um, first of all, any anyone who's considering themselves a baseball analyst, I do not like them because they freak out <laughs> over everything. Yankees are yeah. all hurt. Yeah, well, what's going to happen in a few months when they're all healthy? They're going to actually be good again. I mainly point fingers at those who doubted the Chicago Cubs. Unofficial, unofficial, official fan of the Cubs uh, by virtue by by vicariously through. Um, the hereditary gen, gen, uh, the hereditary genetic makeup that is the Gardner side of the family. Longtime Cubs fans, I've inherited that. Shout out to my dad. Uh, two and seven to start. Two and seven to an eight to start the year. They wanted to fire Joe Madden, and um, a couple of great series later, they are now in sole possession of first in the heavily loaded NL Central. So big middle fingers to everyone that uh, that doubted on the Cubs. They look great. Pitching is actually competent. Chris Bryant is having a great season, which is fantastic because he was hurt a good chunk of the year. That's my thing. People are like, oh, the Cubs are down. Well, yes and no, because Chris Bryant was out for about half the season. I think he had shoulder shoulder surgery or something was wrong with him. He was gone. Uh, The Cubs had to play, I want to say, about 70 straight games because of Mother Nature and global warming decided to, to snow and rain that first half of those first few games in 2018. Uh, Hugh Darvish was out for the big chunk of the season. Oh, and Addison Russell was fighting the, the domestic violence <laughs> cases brought up against the MLB. Now he's back in the lineup. So it's like everyone just shut up. You know, you don't know, 
you know, you don't you can't talk about baseball if you don't do it. So yeah, that is um that actually segues perfectly into um into my most recent story of why we missed Fanatic Radio. Actually, we're doing it tonight. We're supposed we were, we got, we we were aiming to do it Thursday. We were aiming to do it Wednesday. Um, because you cannot do it Thursday because I had date night with the misses, which went great. That's Actually, right. no, it went great. It went great. It went great a little too far. Now, this is a side story. This is not the main story. Side story is um, because she works in ticketing. Our ticket office, our, our 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 headquarters for the track, are not at the track. It's it's weird, but like half our our operations staff is up at the track dealing with sort of like the day-to-day stuff. And then we are downtown in an office building that's slowly crumbling and it's just one sort of earthquake tremor away from being sucked into a black hole. But I digress. Ticketing office, so you'll hear me a lot on this show talk about when the season. Everything's about the season. Tis the season. What it is from usually about late May to September, it's the season. And that's like our season. So I, I, I always joke to tell people I'm like a baseball player, you know, our season goes from our season goes from April to October, which it does in terms of the events. But in actuality, we probably go from, we probably get really busy about May and we end after Labor Day. But the ticket office goes, ticket office goes to the track. They go, up, up, and away to their little, like, crappy shack on the hill of County Route 16. So I go from seeing this girl every day in the office to now she's gone. And now it's, 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 it's rarefied air if I even see her during the weekday. So that, in terms, this is the first time, because she was at a wedding last weekend. I didn't get a chance to see her. The first time I've seen her in about a week and a half. Um... So, you know, have a date night, get dinner, catch up, see how things are going. And I'm going to bed. And I'm going to bed. And, again, as I mentioned in the first half of the show, I am old. I, I am old, but I'm not old. I am old. I, I, I am not. It's the thing is, I am not old, but psych, psychologically, I'm not what I was when I was at the American University. I'll just say that. So our longtime listeners have heard shows about us and our drunken escapades, and everything we've done. You know, it's like Tiger and golf. It's, he's not 1997 Tiger. He's 2018 Tiger, where it's just like you're holding your breath to see if his back doesn't shatter. Now, granted, I don't have that many years on my belt from that because I graduated in 2014. But five years is a different. Five years is a different. I will say that. I am a, I am a seasoned veteran. I'm like an NBA player. You look at the guys in the NBA – when they're one and done and they leave at 18, you know, by the time they get into their mid-20s, they've been in the NBA for nearly a decade. Like I said, Kevin Durant, nearly a decade. Um, you know, people laud Steph Curry because he's doing so well. Yeah, he's also in his 30s, um, and he went four years in college. And so he played those crappy years with the Warriors. He learned a little bit from Don Nelson, but then he was in, like, that absolute mess with Monte Ellis. Until you know the new ownership of the Warriors came about and, and completely changed the team. That's kind of why I, I am. 
where, you know, I'm not the same as I was. I am the same as I was in college, but I'm not the same as I was in college. I think it's because now I'm fully adjusted to this sort of wake up around like 7.15, 7.20, go to work, work those days, get done at 5, sometimes stay late, take care of myself, make sure I eat a healthy dinner, and then go to bed in a decent hour because you got to do it again. So now when you throw in drinking in that, because college it was you could sleep until, you know, you could sleep until noon, you can party on the weekends, have no repercussions, because you're going to school where all oh, that class is easy. It's an easy A. Life, life is, you know, life is like going to school with no tests, but it's, it's the whole responsibility of taking care of yourself. So there are nights where I emerge the next day amazed that I still got it. You know, it, I'm like Phil Mickelson. If you put him within 150 yards of the hole, his flop shot is going to get it inches away from the cup. His tax evasion, money embezzling 40s, the guy still got it. And that's like me. There are, there are nights where I will emerge as a hero because I still got it. Last night was one of those nights. Um, naturally, it was great because I hadn't seen Natalie in a week. You know, our, our relationship by then was just text and, and Skype messages at work. Now to actually see her in person, we caught up, and then it was we went to like five different bars. Long story short, I get home at like 1 a.m., 1.30, go to bed, only to get up five hours later to go to work. So it's just, uh, the bad night wasn't even the bad night of the story. No, that was, was that the story? I don't even know. Was that the story? I think it was the story. No, that wasn't even the story. That's just a side note. No, the main story was we were in it Wednesday. Um, I made my I made my umpiring debut. Yeah. The, uh, courtesy of the El, courtesy of the Elmira Little League. Um, so how this uh, so how this happened? Uh, we're, okay, we, so. How this story? How this story happened? We'll take a break. When I come back, I'll tell this story. Um, we'll continue with more. We'll continue with more sports. But yeah, how my umpiring debut was a mess, and the rest of this week was a mess. More of this. Blanchardradio.com. Snack Radio. Fanatic Radio. You know what ought to happen to them? No. They ought to be stabbed by cocktail forks. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on... Blog Talk Radio. Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days, there's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. Radio. What's wrong with that? He fought for his country. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Back here on Fanatic Radio, my guy Ben Florence. We are the Millennial Show. We have talked about 10% sports, 90% great gossip stories. As always, if you miss it, you can catch the podcast on iTunes, 350.60.com, our social pipes. Um, Flow is on TV. 
uh, if you listen, if this is your first show you listen to, Mike has been drunk through his stories, not like actually. Although Corona Light is fueling us, so we're good. Um, what's up with Zion, the Yankees, and the Kentucky Derby? Find out on the podcast. So where I was Wednesday, because I knew I was busy Thursday. So how I got involved in this is an absolute disaster, but a mess. So the, so about a couple months ago, and I don't know where the story came about, but I had gotten in. I I'd become old. I turned an old man river, starting to tell my great stories when I commentated American University athletics. The voice of a, the voice of AU athletics that I once held for four years at the American University. And Tina, who I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, was one of the three was one of the three original second moms. Uh, she lost that title now. She's just there. <laughs> just 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 a mess smelling of, of cigarette smoke. But I I've also said too much. Anyway, um her son used to play Little League baseball. And he still stays involved with the league that her son played in, even though I think he's three, uh, junior in college, sophomore, sophomore in college, junior in college. She still stays involved. Kudos to her. The uh, having her having overheard the story of my great days, I'm calling you know such great games of TJ McCollum scoring 30 against the American Eagles basketball team. Uh, Bucknell beating the American women's basketball team. Uh, AU women winning the volleyball championship before losing the NCAA tournament. She was yeah. like, oh, oh, because she had mentioned. So to uh, one of the perks in my job is if you do volunteer hours, you could basically earn enough volunteer hours to get free vacation days. Of course, your boy's going to yeah. capitalize that real swift. The question, though, is because I live in Middle Earth and have nothing to do around here, where do I go to get volunteer hours? And she's mentioned this no, she's mentioned this Little League thing where it's like, oh, you can, you, can, you can help out. And so I was just like, yeah, I would love to do PA. I'd love to do PA for these Little League games. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the new Vin Scully. Anything is possible. And so I was originally scheduled to do it the first weekend in May. Unfortunately, I couldn't do it because I had previous obligations at Mid-Ohio, where I was two weekends ago. And, of course, me and my big fat mouth, I said, oh, you know, I can't do this weekend, but if you need me to do anything else, just let me know. And a week goes by, and she she's calling in her office. I mean, we have a meeting, and she's talking to me after. And she mentions, um, what are you doing? She was like, what are you doing this weekend? And I was, and of course, my thing, my thing with suck is, you know, being single, alone, sad. I don't do much on the weekend except watch TV and, and get drunk on my couch or run errands or, or hike the gore or like hike. There's not much to do around here. Uh, she was like, oh, God. Can you can you umpire? I might have texted you this, but it's like, can you umpire this weekend? It was originally the Sunday of the Sunday of Mother's Day, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not doing I'm not doing anything. I'm not busy. Um, it was the weekend. It was the weekend the missus was at the wedding and she was spending time with her family, 
throwing that one out of the equation. So I, I had no excuse. I had nothing to do. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Um, immediately started to panic because, uh, as you, as Fanatic Radio Nation knows, I do not like baseball. I do not care for the game of baseball. I love watching baseball, and I love watching the Cubs and booing Bryce Harper on a regular basis. That is it. I will watch. I will watch. There's three games. There's three times a year in baseball. I will watch it when the Cubs are on. When the opening day, when the Cubs are on. When the Cubs are on, the All Star Game and the World Series. Those are the baseball games I watch. So now she's expecting me to be an umpire. So I'm like, okay. So you know, shout out to Elmira, New York. You know, we not spoiled for um for for old umpires. It's two umpires a game home plate and a field umpire. And so I am watching Padre, I'm watching Cubs Brewers, Padres Rockies, trying to figure out what what the hell an infield umpire does. Because I'm not assigned to a base, I have to sort of cover all the bases or at least certain parts of them. I gotta learn you gotta learn everything. And and I quit baseball when I was in third grade, so I don't even understand half the rules. Luckily, the, the, the Mother's Day game got rained out. So I was like, I'm off the hook. No, no, no. This is, Tina, this is Tina we're dealing with. She uh, is is true to her word, and I'm a man of my word. So I'm going to bed. The following week, it's like 10 o'clock. I'm getting ready to go to bed. I get a text on my phone from her. And she was like, can you, um, tomorrow, can you be an umpire tomorrow, 6 p.m.? And I was like... Now I could I could have taken the high road and said no, but here's the catch, which I love so much. I get volunteer hours for this. Yes. But I also get paid thirty five bucks. I also get paid thirty five bucks a game under the table. So your boy is getting <laughs> volunteer hours for his time and straight cash, homie, because society is dead. And there are no rules anymore in 2019. That's right. So I'm like, well, I, I don't need the money, but if if it's money to do absolutely nothing, I'm going to do it. Which sucks. It's 6 p.m. I got to be there at 5:30. I would be straight after work. See, I'm getting like changed in the car to make two sandwiches. Like that's my dinner. I get there, and it's a Lily game, so it's like 13, 14 year olds. Um. And the game's the game's going fine. You know, one team is like stealing every base. They're already up by ten runs at the end of the first. So I'm like, hey, this is gonna go fast. Um, it did not go fast. And my first game, I experienced four different levels of weather. It was it was hot. It was cool. It was windy. It was rainy. It got dark. Um, two and a half hours. First of all. They didn't even go the full seven innings as they would Little League. We had to we had to grind it out, stretch it out to the fifth because that's like the rule. If you get the the, the mercy rule, you still got to finish through five innings. So it was dragging on because <laughs> this stupid kid at first couldn't field a simple throw to first to get him out, a simple tag out at first. And on top of that, I had to. I got confronted by a manager and had to defend my and justify my call, which was something I 
did not want to do. I did not want to get involved. But basically, kid was hit, kid hit the double, rounding first. You know, the outfielder throws it to second. Kid slides, and second baseman does the um, the left to right shoulder trying attempting a sweeping tag, which was he was safe because again these kids are like. 13, 14, their reflexes aren't that quick. Every throw is like a lob. It's not, they're not going to, you know, it's, it's ain't, you know, this ain't, this ain't Brett Gardner throwing it to second. I mean, this is an absolute mess. The kid was clearly safe, called him safe, and then they all the other umpire comes walking out to ask him on my call. It's just like, dude, you're already down by 20 runs. This is a mess. So, I, was I pissed? Absolutely. The fact that this this man, this sort of, I don't know, dip-spinning, wife-beating man, I don't know what he really was. I'm sure he's a good guy. Questioned me. So I was really mad. But I got paid. And I proceeded to go to the Seneca Lodge that night and drink till about, drink, drink till about midnight. So I was feeling rough the next day. And then... um. I had date night, which stressed again. So I'm, I think I'm currently running. What time is it now? Nine o'clock Eastern time. Shout out to the East Coast. I think as of today, I am running on on a two day on a two day span. Oof. I'm running on like twelve hours of sleep, which is not good. Wow. Normally it would be about. Normally it'd be about 16, 17 hours. I'm running on like 11, 12 hours of sleep in a two-day span. I like the Golden State Warriors, you know. You, I like the Nuggets. You play that four-overtime game, and then you got to play again in two days. So, I'm Nikola, I'm Nikola Jokic. I'm Nikola Jokic. So, Nikola Jokic, whatever the hell his name is. Still getting a triple-double. Still leading the team in assists. Still, still should be deserving of first team All NBA. But yeah, I'm really that's why I'm glad I did not go out tonight while we're doing this show because I am very tired. All right, and that is my story. More sports. Uh, we talked NBA draft lottery. What? What else has happened? What else? Can, what else can happen? What else is going on in your life, Flo? Enough about me. Enough about <laughs> my train wreck of a life. Well, uh, I wish I was having that much fun. Uh, just, you know, been a lot of the same old, same old, same old uh, craziness, riffraff and shenanigans. Uh, been here, there, everywhere. That's really not true. I've really just been in D.C. for a while. But, you know, it's starting to get warmer uh, but mm. unfortunately, I I don't have any really fun drinking entails or umpiring <laughs> entails. I mean, the fact that you got confronted by oh a manager, God. I just think is hilarious. I think it was like in the second inning too. I mean, it was like it was like it was like very early in the game. That's one thing I know now is so these these little league teams they draft the kids from a pool and the uh-huh. red team, the team with the guy who yelled at me. Um, his he, he apparently messed up the draft and like 
every all these kids were so bad or they're so they're so young because that's the problem 13 14 year olds you're dealing with eighth graders to freshmen in high school where some uh-huh. of those freshmen in high school play on their JV team so they're already leaps and bounds ahead of these kids are playing with so it was I don't know I mean I mean I, I, I didn't, I hadn't even been I hadn't been on the job for an hour already Lupinella is kicking dirt at my shoes <laughs> So, yeah, I, I mean, I had a blast because the guy I worked with, shout out to my boy, shout out to my man, Anthony, absolutely hilarious, you know, because the game was so out of hand. He was uh, home playing up. The strike zone was, like, out of control. Like, the kid was, like, bouncing in the dirt. He called it a strike just because he wanted to go home. And so that's that's where I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Um, I'm already excited. What do you think? It's not even uh, – not not even actually yeah no we've not even sports related. What do you make of the news that they found a, a, a plastic bag in the bottom of the deepest crevice in the ocean? Like, are we should we be concerned about it or like what do you like like the like the, the war on plastic bags? Now it's gotten physical proof that it's in the ocean, in the deepest parts of the ocean. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I have not been following this story, and I'm certainly not as passionate as uh, as you are about it. But uh, you know, I'm all for you know winding down plastic bags. I usually get a lot of plastic bags because a lot of times I'll go to Giant supermarket, and um, I'll just be getting one thing. But if it's like a, like a like a soda or like like ice cream, like I don't want to hold that in my hands. So I'll get a bag, but I always recycle it. But I have always wondered uh, what really is the future for plastic bags, you know? I know you're a fan. Well, the only reason why I've I've taken immediate concern on it is because uh, Governor Cuomo, state of New York, has passed uh, the plastic plastic bag ban effective of 2020. And, uh, of course, Wegmans has jumped on that wagon and wants to start weeding it out as early as this year. So my concern with it is if they're going to, if they're going to weed it, they're going to get rid of plastic bags uh, and, and encourage people to go to the cloth bag. If not, you have to pay like, what is it, like five cents or whatever, 10 cent surcharge. What if I brought my own plastic bags in would they allow me to sack my groceries in those plastic bags or would I be frowned upon and put on the nightly news for being an absolute bigot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I uh, don't know how to answer that one. (laughs) Right, question, like, that's what I thought. That's, that's <laughs> what I thought because it's like, you know, you can bring your own bags in, but it's like, well, what happens if I bring in a plastic bag, you know? I mean, my thing is like, well, yeah, I'll end up on, like, CNN on a split screen, and it looks just bad for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead the fifth, and I'm going to defer. I'm going to drop back and punt, but I still have all these plastic bags. 
who knows? Maybe I can turn them into soccer balls and sell them, like that one commercial. Um, who knows? What, what else? What else exciting? What else exciting has happened in DC? I feel like I've missed a good chunk of it. Well, the Nationals so have been. From... <laughs> the Nationals have been thoroughly irrelevant. Um, what else? I mean. Uh, the Caps uh, lost in a stunning fashion to the Hurricanes in the first round of the playoffs. Um, mm. Wizards did not get the top pick, did not get uh, Zion. So, if you're a, unfortunately, if you're a DC sports fan, which famously I am not, but if you are, not a lot going for you right now. Yeah. What about uh? What about what about what about on the hill? What's what's the what's the what's the uh the latest buzz? From um from the two one two, the two o two. Two one two in New York. Yeah, I was gonna say two one two. Um, you know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I, this is just how out of touch I am. This is this is why just Fox is, and just working in news just ruins you. Like I don't even really know what's going on in the world, other than what's going on on the news. And whatever I'm working on, uh, in terms of buzz, I mean, I really don't know what the buzz is right now. This is just so. This is why we need your stories and your escapades in the Glen to carry the show because I just don't have, unfortunately, much to much to bring to the table in terms of shenanigans. I mean, I had my I, I shot my wad with the uh, the Omar story, frankly. I know, and of course you have all the stuff that's going on in Alabama and all the anti-abortion stuff that's taking the nation by storm. We are non-political on this show. So you know, the, only, the only Alabama story you mentioned was NASCAR at Talladega. Um, but yeah, this is great. So we'll we'll come back. Thumbs up, thumbs down. In my final, uh, actually no, we'll go straight to it now, but. Just to tease this before I play the theme. Thumbs up, thumbs down. And my final story of why FNAF Radio is off the air in a bit. You cannot be serious! But it's time for Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. That's right, our critically acclaimed segment. What's good, what's bad in the world? This is where we take a little shot and you know, give a shout out. So... Um, I'll tell the story first, and then we'll do, then we'll then we'll give our shout outs to end the show. Uh, so I this is kind of, this is actually perfect. This is a good segue to it. So w- the second of the three Thursdays that I missed was thumbs uh, <laughs> thumbs up and a sort of melancholy thumbs down to my now ex coworker Rob Russell. He was uh, in the corporate sales department. He had been with the track for. Seven years since he was an intern after he graduated college, and he he gave in his two weeks two weeks ago to uh, to become a he got he got sworn in this he got sworn in this week to be a member of the Ithaca Police Department. Apparently, law yeah. enforcement was a life was, a, was kind of a lifelong dream of his, which was fantastic that. He, first of all, he's, he's he's gonna be a great cop because he's got the perfect demeanor, you know. He you know he he's an absolute meathead, so he's gonna absolutely tackle all those idiot college kids in Cornell and Ithaca College. But he's compa- he's, he's tough but compassionate, you know, ball buster but fair. 
Uh, he did do a great job. But so his so that uh, so third the Thursday two weeks ago was his going away party because we couldn't do it Friday because we uh, several of us, including myself, was were in Corning at the uh, the Corning Chamber of Commerce dinner, which is an absolute drunk fest. Uh, which surprisingly was uh, is, is could not be added to the show. But anyway, uh, the good thing about – the funny thing about Rob is he doesn't drink a lot. He's like my brother. Because he works out so much and cares so much about, about his health and his physique, uh, as soon as several drops of alcohol hit his lips, he goes from zero to 100 very quick. And because this was the last time that most of us would see him, he was – Several several vodka sodas deep. Now he doesn't go for the hard stuff. He's usually a beer guy, but oh. he did that. And of course, one of the guys that showed up—it's all the people that he'd worked with. You know, seven years of being with you know with, with corporate accounts and people he dealt with. A lot of people showed up. Um, a lot of good and bad influences encouraged him to drink, and he was already, he was already like I wouldn't say blackout, but he was very very tipsy, very drunk. Um, again, we were at the marina, which is fantastic because I think I was there a week. Uh, as mentioned in the show, I was there a week prior. We go there, we went to Nichols again, had dinner, which was a mess because he kept, kept drinking there. And then we went. Then of course he wanted to go to the lodge because one of the girls who was bartending, he uh, he secretly had a crush on, even though he is a married man. But yeah, thumbs up to Rob. Yeah. Uh, one week, one week has gone by. Yeah, so he, so I was drunk with him. He was more drunk with me than me. That was actually the last time I had taken a shot of anything was tequila. I survived the next day. Of course, again, I went to bed at like midnight, like one in the morning, which I hate, <laughs> knowing that I gotta wake up early on. The, you know, I hate going out on a school night. It's, it's, it's the devil's work, but. I'm, but of course, thumbs up to me because of all these stories. I, it seemed like I seen I was down to the count. I am like Tyson Fury. I got back up and finished the fight, and made it to work the next day, and proceeded to work my ass off for the good of the company. So thumbs up to Rob. We wish him the best going through basic training and all that. And thumbs up to me for being able to hold my liquor. Now, Flo, I will bounce it to you. While I think of the rest of the people, I want to give thumbs up, thumbs down to. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the handoff. Uh, uh, first and really only thumbs down. We're gonna, you know, we're back, so we're gonna try to keep it happy at least on my end. Uh, thumbs down's gonna go to the White House, uh, just the Trump administration, not just in general. Although you could say that, but last week the Red Sox were in town. The uh, so the the uh, the Red Sox hosted or were hosted at the White House by the president. A bunch of players didn't go. Unsurprising. Blah blah blah. Uh, so Trump made some remarks and this and that. So they send out the transcripts and like highlights of it uh, to the press. And here's what they called it. the The White House called referred to them. And I swear to God, this is true. Excuse me, as the World Cup Series champions. And this kind of thing continues to happen with this White House where you have typos and just mislabeling yeah. and all kinds of crap. 
But, I mean, yes, the, the World Cup Series champions. We can't even get the World Series right. <laughs> so, um, did interpret he, did that. He, what kind of meal? Is he, still, is he still serving fast food? Um, I, I don't know if they serve food at this one, but because I think this, this happened, like, in the afternoon. But mm. he has been serving fast food for the last several ones. Like, they had the women's uh, NCAA championship, and the coach, I forget who, uh, was, like, very much unimpressed. Because it's like, you know, you get these massive orders. And whenever you get massive orders of fast food and they're hanging around, like, the food's going to get cold. So, and cold yep. fast food is not great as anybody. And I love fast food. And even I know cold fast food not good, so. Thumbs down to that. Uh, thumbs up. First thumbs up is going to go to the St. Louis Blues, not because of their mm. performance, or at least not as of yet. Uh, the Blues are currently uh, leading the uh, the um, the Blues are currently leading the Sharks two nil right now. They're down two one in the series. This is Game Four of the uh, Stanley Cup Western Conference Finals. But here's something I found out just the other day. Uh, so I don't know if you remember the song, if you know the song Gloria by Laura Branigan. Somebody else did it first, but she was when it was a huge hit. It was, and uh, uh, and if, if you haven't, I'm happy to play a little cutoff for you. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've heard Maybe if you play the song, I might recognize it. There we go. Wait for it. So that was a big hit in the eighties. And now that has become the blues' like victory song. Uh hmm. game. So the crowd's always just chanting Wait, play Gloria. Why, because so I looked this up, and apparently the origins of it were some blues players. Um, they were in a bar in Philadelphia, and this song came on. So they decided to, yeah, they were in, a, you know, they were in uh, in Philadelphia at a bar, uh, Jack's NYB. And um, they were watching the, uh, the Bears-Eagles game in the, in the playoffs. There you go. Um, and then some club member repeatedly uh, was yelling, uh, play Gloria. So the DJs, they played it, and uh, they turned it on and played it during commercial breaks. So then the Blues just turned that into their uh, their victory song. And here they are after uh, in a season where they fired their coach in November – in the Western Conference playoffs and playing just a classic 80s pop tune as their victory tune. Speaking of pop music, second thumbs up is going to go to one of my buddies. His first shout-out mentioned on Fanatic Radio. I mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. This guy, Big Tampa, the mayor of Tampa, one of our White House mm. producers, more on that in a moment, uh, Matt Leach. Good guy. I actually went out drinking with him uh, and some other Fox heads uh, a week ago uh, at this time. Exactly one week ago. Uh, tremendous guy. 
But here's the real reason I want to uh, give him a thumbs up. So you got the, so Trump last week was in Panama City Beach to give a rally. That Brilliant. was a cool rally. Uh, who knows why? But and I didn't watch it. <laughs> Hell no. An rally. But so uh, my buddy Matt Leach posted on an Instagram page a video of him and uh, the reporter. There's another good guy, David Spun. Shout out to him. Um. At the uh, at the uh, the little amphitheater, wherever the hell they did this in Panama City Beach, and over here I, I hear in the background, I was like, "Wait, is that Macho Man by the Village People?" So there, <laughs> you know, everybody knows that the Trump rallies, the music is incredibly eclectic and just out of control. Yeah. And even though a lot of people are like, "Hey, can you not play our music? We are not cool with this." The Trump right. campaign organization, whatever the hell, uh, they continue to play and they're just playing like what was the last time anybody heard "Macho Man" by the by the Village People? I mean, just a great <laughs> song, just a tremendous baseline, and we love the Village People. And uh, that's actually the second time I've saluted or mentioned the Village People today. I mentioned them at work because uh, we were ta- the uh, one of our reporters was like, "Oh, we need to find a, a cop to speak to," and one of our producer guys was like, "Well." I can get in a cop uniform and go to the bar around the corner. And if you got go, you could dress up just like uh, one of the village people. And it was fantastic. Uh, so thumbs up to uh, Matt Leach and the village people. I don't think they're still around, but if they are, God bless them. And the third and final and biggest thumbs up is going to go to another one of my buddies uh, who I, I can't recall. I think I've given her a shout out on the show. If not, we're doing it right now. Christina Biddle, because she is joining Matt Lee. She is the newest member of the White House. You know, let me tell you how crazy her rise has been. She joined Fox in, like, August, September. I helped train her. And now she has mm. now surpassed me and is, like, at the White House. So that is how, you know – we don't have let just any asshole do that. Otherwise, I'd be there. I mean, they don't even let me in the White House, in, in, in the the building, in the press room. Otherwise, and for good reason, I think we'd all agree. But it's just been incredible to watch this kid, who is the uh, you know I can call I can call her a kid. She's like uh, I think twenty four, twenty five. She's younger than I am. Uh, so mm. I she is she may be the closest thing I have to a protege. I've struggled to have hey. a protege for obvious reasons because I'm just a lunatic, and who wants to hang around the, the crazy person, you know? So but I've helped, uh, helped her. She's done a lot of live shots. She's been great at live shots. Uh, one of the strongest at the point when our live shot production in the Bureau for Fox News Channel and our, and our shows has just been complete shit uh, for a variety of reasons, mostly because <laughs> management at Fox do not care about live shots, but she's been terrific. Now she's off to the White House. I mean, you know, you and I, titans of industry that we are, you know, we always, you know, we see mm. people come and go, but it's crazy when you see somebody come in and it's like, wow, this person's great. Like, you know, she'll be, you know, in, in, in a year, she'll be, you know, producer, what have you. And then they're just zooming right by you and it's like, shit, nice to know you. And then next thing you know, next thing you know, she's going to be like my boss. And then uh, that's probably where I'll end up getting fired. Whether she'll be the one firing me, who knows? But she's a good friend. She's a terrific producer on the rise. And I know, you know, it's obviously it's a big jump. You know, she's only been here, what, nine months? Big jump, but 
she's got too much talent and is too good of a person not to make it work. I like some of the other assholes that I work with, scumbags, but we don't need to get into that. But uh, thumbs up and a salute of Cappy shout out to my good friend Christina Bitter, who I know with time is going to do great at the White House. So there you go. It's funny you mentioned that because one of my thumbs up goes to um, a, 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 an, an, an alleged protege of mine, um, the, uh, the, the, supreme, the, supreme, the supremely incompetent Alex Coffey. She was yes. my intern when I worked at Starkiller Base, otherwise known as the United States Olympic Committee. I originally met her when I was on assignment in Canada at the Pan Am Games in 2015. Met her there, and of course, like two months later, my boss was like, "Oh yeah, we hired this intern. Her name is Alex." And I was like, "I just saw her not too long ago." So she uh, is now writing. She's now a reporter for the Athletic in Seattle, because she had moved to Seattle to work for the Mariners and now she's at the Athletics, so she's moving up, I guess. We'll get, at least at least getting back to her like reporting roots, because well, I'm going to be honest, she was pretty crap at public relations, but she was very good at writing. So glad to see that she has found um, a niche in a city that is in itself a niche. Um, another thumbs up goes to several members of of my life who are graduating. My cousin graduated high school, who is the last member of my family, of my cousins, to graduate high school. So now we are officially drinking adults. And yes, I say that lightly because she's still 18, but drinking adults. We're college kids <laughs> now. Uh, another, another another cousin is graduating college, and my intern from last year at Watkins Glen, shout out to the great Emily Nolan, she graduates college as well, so shout out to all those who are going out into the real world. I uh, wish the best of luck to all of you, and look forward to seeing you struggle, because everyone needs to go through hard knocks to 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 get success. Um, speaking, of, actually, I don't know. Congrats to everyone. Speaking of interns, thumbs up goes to next week. Our our slew of like nine interns start at, at WGI. I'm very excited because this is my first sort of full year with a year under my belt. This is my first full year. I actually am in charge of an intern. I'm very excited and also. Extremely nervous because it's a lot of responsibility on me, which I don't want. But I have successfully convinced the clowns that I work with to do an, uh, an internship orientation, which is great because that's what we need. We need collective. We need unity. We need collect. We need everyone to understand that they are part of a collective whole and the best NASCAR track as voted on by the fans. So thumbs up to that. Thumbs up as well to work because this past week and next week, the uh, some of the teams from IMSA, the sports car teams, are testing on our track, which was great. They did Wednesday and Thursday. And again, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, 
Always makes me excited to see cars on track. The fans go absolutely ape shit for no reason. Um, I'm excited because it means we're just sort of a month away from actual race happening. Um, so it's exciting to see all that unfold. Thumbs up goes to my boss, uh, the great Chris Banker, who uh, every every Friday, as he gets ready to leave, cause he usually leaves before I do on Fridays because, I don't know, or maybe I, maybe like you know, what 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 I do with a common courtesy is ask you always 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 ask big weekend plans because he and I live like a couple blocks away from each other. So normally it's he's going to Ithaca to hang out with with his girlfriend. But I was so when I so when I said hey any uh, big weekend plans and he goes yeah going to Philly and he's from Philadelphia and I was like oh great. Apparently a couple months ago this is amazing how the time flies so fast. A couple months ago. He he was in he was in he was in Jersey for something because he's originally from Jersey, uh, the great the great Millville, New Jersey, which uh, is the home of the state penitentiary, and also the hometown of multiple multiple NL MVP, multiple AL MVP Mike Trout. So I always say Mike, I always say his boy Mike Trout, because they could literally be homies and, and no one no one had any idea. But he went to he went to some event where, as part of it, they were raffling off tickets to the Phillies game. And knowing that we, like, everyone in the world has as much of a lucky chance as anyone else, he actually won. He actually won like four tickets to the Phillies game. So this is the weekend. He's gonna go see them play. Who was it? It's actually a good team. It's actually a good team too. I don't remember. He's going to Philly, but it's funny. It's funny that you know he's going to he's going, he like won this raffle like months ago. <laughs> and I was going to the Phillies, which I I asked him one request. I asked him two requests. I said have fun, and to make sure to boo Bryce Harper repeatedly because ah. he's forever he's forever a backstabber to the city of Washington D.C. But thumbs up to Chris Banger. Thumbs up because that's a hilarious circumstance that he. Uh, won these tickets. Um, as mentioned by you, Flo, some of to us being back. Yes, we'll be back on a regular basis. I will do my best to not... I will do my best to uh, not be as busy. But when Didi, when Didi calls, Didi calls, and to quote, to quote our great former roommate, Ian Lutz, the heart, the heart knows what the heart wants. So <laughs> I will leave it at that. Um, yes, actually, more thumbs up to my coworkers. Thumbs up to the mayor, Chris Duane, and iron and unbiasedly the Mrs. Natalie Costello. Unbiasedly the Mrs. Natalie Costello. Both of them got promotions to become managers, rightfully deserved. Both of them work their butts off every day. Probably work harder than I do. Um, I will not admit that to them. Uh, but thumb, the thumbs up because again they're they are two members of the new school that the majority of the office is under thirty and yeah it, it has been very stressful because a lot of us are taking on new like roles that we don't want part of or we become so accustomed to not doing uh, and now all of a sudden we're like leading we we are leading other, other under the supervision of our vice president who's like in his late thirties. 
We are leading the charge. We are single-handedly running a multi-million-dollar facility that is Logan's Glen International. So it, it's been—I think it's been an absolute blast because other with the, with the minus of alcohol content, we're like Animal House. Um, team morale has been sky high, courtesy of your boy. And I love how I have single-handedly like, orchestrated this sort of new wave of positivity in the office. So I will take 100% full credit. Uh, thumbs down. Yes, because we, we need thumbs down. Thumbs down goes to Sprint. Because the fact that the Sprint guy, the Verizon guy is still an endorser for Sprint makes me, like, really mad that they won't let it die. Um, so I will have thumbs down for that. Thumbs down to myself as well because I actually had a couple of good fan mail questions that we just completely passed the buck. Um, <laughs> and also, Melon, but yeah, uh, yeah, which which, which, we'll, which we'll cover, which we'll cover next week. Um, oh yeah, no, I have a few. I have a few. A melancholy, a melancholy thumbs down to uh, John Havlicek. Uh, sad, sad to see him pass away. One of the one of the most talented b- b- players in the game of basketball, a member of the NBA 50. Uh, he is featured in interviews as part of the great docu series Love and Love and Basketball with ESPN. I encourage everyone to go watch it some way somehow. Um, rest in peace to the great John Havlicek. Uh, thumbs down, a melancholy thumbs down as well to J- Sebastian Janikowski. He announced his retirement from football. We loved Seabass because he was that fat ass that kicked field goals and kicked them very good. The fact that he was a man that did one job and one job well proves that you can be fat and be a punter and a kicker and nobody cares, but it's going to be sad because, you know, he was the guy that when the Raiders brought him out for like a 76-yard kick, which is a great, a great it's, very, it's actually very rare to find that on YouTube now because they probably took it down, but great call from Nan- Nance and Phil Sims did that game, and it was like, oh, he's like, we got Nance going nuts. He's just like, oh, Janikowski, you know, break the all-time record. Uh, you know, get out the calculator, seventy-six yards, and of course he ended up like ten yards short. But thumbs up, but thumbs up to Janikowski. Thumbs down to Janikowski. We will we will miss him because there is no one quite like him in a, in the NFL. And then of course, and a final, a final thumbs down for the a final thumbs up and thumbs down. Thumbs down goes to, some thumbs down goes to Sonny Vaccaro. The guy is such a hack because no one cares that you were this influential guy in basketball in the '70s and '80s that trained and brought these coaches to your stupid summer camp. Like you're a wash. No one cares. You cheat. You cheated. You paid high school athletes. You are a crook. You should be behind bars. But thumbs up goes to my man. Uh, thumbs up goes to uh, forever friend of the show, Fan Priscilla. Yeah. Uh, he uh, for that for the documentary about the Dominican basketball player that played at St. John. Uh, it, you know, it was an awful documentary, but the fact that he was featured on it, and the fact that, that former guests Matt and James Priscilla. Fran's sons are both uh, my high, uh, high school high school buddies of mine. 
were featured. It was fantastic because we love it when, when random people we know get loved. So, but sometimes Sonny Vaccaro, the you know, he is, he's like the guy, he's like the guy that trained Rocky. Yeah, I think he can still train him 20 years later. It doesn't work. Rocky's retired. We're on to Creed. And Creed's done because he got vindication. So, what's the point? Any any other final shouts for you in the show? Oh, geez. I mean, there are just so many. Uh, there's so many more colleagues I can give a shout-out to and friends and foes. And, you know, here's somebody I will give a shout-out to. Um, one of our newer uh, producers, a uh, nice person, named Liz Frieden. The real reason I want to give her a shout-out because she is, although she graduated early so she could work with us, she is, is like uh, is gr- uh, formally walking graduation today, and I'm like, why the hell is anybody, let alone Catholic University, having a goddamn graduation on like a Friday afternoon? Like, wh- and I saw like the Georgetown like grad shit was there or something. Like, I don't understand that either. But she's a nice person, so we'll give her a shout out. And because she's literally the first person that came to mind, because it says I uh, she is a recommended friend on Facebook. Mm. So there. Brilliant. I love it. And that, I love it. And it's like, and that's it. Um, my my shout out, because I've been a lot. Um, my shout out goes to uh, forever fan of the show and forever uh, the, king, the king, the new king of Hell's Kitchen, the great, the great Marlon Craft. Yeah! Is, uh, dropped his debut album, or his debut album is coming out in June. He dropped a single. I have yet to hear it, but I love how he's like he has he has like swag and going on radio interviews and he's encouraging people to text him for the single. It's like I'll just listen to it on SoundCloud. Shout out to shout out to our boy doing damage for no reason whatsoever because he's in an industry that's just gonna I don't know. Music industry is so corrupt and out of control. Shout out to Marlon. Shout out to Kraft for doing damage. For those you don't, and that's it. That's a great. That's a great way to end it. Of course, um, that'll do it for this episode of Fnac Radio. We'll be back next week. Guarantee we will be back next week. Um, will I have? Will I have another hot mess of a story? Probably only because I'm teasing it. That Becky with the good hair, her friend, is coming into town. And the missus and, and the missus and I are both in town, so shenanigans will happen. Yeah. There will be snaps. There will be snaps. There will be uh, video evidence of whatever the hell happens. So stay t- stay tuned. Don't drink and drive. I encourage all of that. But for all of us. Snack Radio from the Twice Stone Forest. I'm Mike Gardner. Don't forget to catch the podcast on iTunes, bmonthac.com, and the social pipe. Bucks Raptors are on. Go watch it. Check your stuff at the door, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>